Hello, everyone. I want to welcome you back to See the Sunrise. This is season two and episode 36. Seeing the sunrise is about seeing Christ in everyday situations. It is in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33 and verse three, where we hear the Lord speaking to the prophet while he's in prison. He said to him, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Seeing the sunrise is an opportunity to see what God is doing behind the scenes, but not only behind the scenes, in the lives of everyday people like you and me, from the pulpit to the pew. We all have had various challenges and experiences that bring us to a need for Christ in our lives. Today, I have the privilege of speaking with Dr. Rhea Rouser Gray. Rhea is a highly skilled family medicine physician with over 20 years of experience. She earned a doctor of medicine degree from the University of Cincinnati and later came back to the Dayton area to complete her residency. Dr. Rouser is an active member of Jubilee Community Church and she enjoys golfing in her spare time. Her philosophy of care is she provides comprehensive and compassionate care to a diverse group of patients and patient populations at the highest quality. Dr. Rouser, or Rhea as I know her, is a very strong person of faith and is never reluctant to share about her belief in God. Rhea is married to Leonard Maury Gray and together they have four children and one grandson. So with all of that, I want to welcome Rhea today. Welcome, Rhea. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. You know, I really want to thank you for taking the time and the willingness to do this podcast with me and just say that you and I have had plenty of opportunities to talk about Christ and how it influences you and your interaction with your patients. And I believe through our discussion today that there may be someone listening whom you can offer guidance and maybe an uplifting message of hope especially uh, in this month where we um, recognize breast cancer, um, and that is the focus for the month. I had the privilege uh, a couple of weeks ago of speaking with a young woman who at the age of 40 uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer, and she had to fight to just get um, an exam. And fortunately, they had one of the mobile units at her job, and she was able to find that she did and ended up having to have uh, a double mastectomy and, and, and that. So... I welcome you, and I, I first, I guess I want to start with, what made you get into medicine? Oh, my. Um, well, this is definitely a calling for me at the age of six. Um, I was actually watching TV, and I um, watched, I don't even know what was on the TV, honestly, but I um, had an epiphany, and I'm sure it was the Holy Spirit come over, and um I knew I was supposed to be a doctor, so I went in a, a commercial break of a show and told my parents, I'm going to be a baby doctor, and they said, great, go back and watch TV, <laughs> and that was at the age of six, and I have never wavered from um, what I knew I was called to do, um, and, you know, again, I'm not just a baby doctor. I see people from birth to death, um, but I did start my career with obstetrics, and my practice is very young, and I do a lot of women's health, so... Um, you know, I uh, fulfilled that purpose and I'm living my purpose right now. And that's what's so important to me. I think that's why I so um, recognize Christ in all that I do, because mm -hmm. I know that this was a gift that I was given to have a calling at such a young, young age and to follow pursuit of that. Since Christ is such a foundation that you have, how are you able, are you able to talk about God when you're interacting with your patients or is it something that's just kind of understood when you are interacting with, with your patients? No, I outwardly talk about God. Um, I explain to them that 
you know, I can't change my beliefs. I'm not trying to change theirs if they're unbelievers, but in what I do, I am led by Christ. I am led by the Holy Spirit. So sometimes I'll say things that might um, sound strange to them, but I'm led by spirit. And so I don't mince words. I don't stop saying what God has on my heart in a patient encounter. I pray with my patients. Um, my patients have had full-blown, um, you know, revelations and um, testimonies and in their interactions with me. And I think that's important because I tell them that I can't do any of this without them. I lay every patient on the altar every week, even if I can't remember by name. Um, being a physician is a heavy burden. And I know that I can't do that by myself. And so I lay my patients and my practice on the altar every week so that I can be uplifted and restored and renewed to continue to do that, the work that he's called me to do um, day in and day out. You know, in some cases, that's so rare because usually religion or spirituality is left out of individual professions. But just to hear you say he is a part of who you are and you are not reluctant or shy to talk about it. So I know it for, for purposes of confidentiality and anonymity, you can't talk about specific patients. But let's talk about breast cancer. Do you have you had uh, or seen a lot of young uh, women in general or men that have come in and been given unfortunately that diagnosis and how do you handle something like that yes so unfortunately i have to give that diagnosis to people often so as a primary care physician of course i have to do or make sure that your screening exams are updated so at the age of 40 we start mammograms and it's recommended now by um, national um levels and um i i want to say that um, American Academy of American Academy of Family Medicine, and I want to say the AMA recommend every two years to have mammograms. But in my practice, I recommend yearly, and I will not change in that because truly, I can have a normal mammogram one year, and patients can have zero to stage three breast cancer in a year with no symptoms at all. So I'm a big um, I'm a big proponent of preventative care and. I get mammograms on women at the age of 40. If you come in with a symptom that I feel requires a mammogram, I don't care what age you are, we would, we would get that done. That actually just happened to me yesterday. The patient 34 had symptoms and I ordered a diagnostic mammogram um, to be done as soon as possible. So with that being said, um, I unfortunately have to uh, give people the diagnosis of breast cancer of me and I would say, easily up to 10 times a year, oh which you would say really in just your practice, but yes. And some of them have been very close friends that I've had to give that diagnosis to um, because I do take care of my friends. They, they trust me and they come to see me. So um, that's one of the hardest parts of my job is to give them that diagnosis. So when you're giving that diagnosis, how do you influence the, 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 your faith in that? How are you able to talk to them to be reassuring because anyone that hears that diagnosis has to be scary. Right. Um, so, you know, I always tell my, you know, my MA, Hey, I'm going in, um, pray for me as I go talk to whoever, or if I'm calling them on the phone, because oftentimes I've already seen them and I'm calling them on the phone with these results. And, um, I'll start by, you know, if I'm calling, there's something, you know, probably not so positive to say, but, um, 
you know, I let them know what the findings are and what, how we have to proceed. Oftentimes, um, you know, I'll say, you know, do you need me to pray with you? Do you, um, you know, a, a lot of times I know my patients, so I'll, I'll oftentimes know if they have a church home. If they don't, I always welcome them to to come and um, fellowship with me and my um, church family. Um, and we often will have patients visit, which is always nice. I will use a surgeon that, honestly, I've never met her in person, but it feels like we've known each other for years, and she says the same. She is a believer. She prays with my patients. She makes sure that the spouse and the family members feel very comfortable in the diagnosis. So we work as a team and I send my patients to her for their care. Um, and they have just such amazing experiences because I know if I ever had this happen to me, um, that's where I... You muted yourself. I can't hear you, Rhea. Sorry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I fell. So it's very easy to pick a treatment team for my patients because again it's where I would want to be and so we um, then collaborate care um, I tell them if they need anything to let me know um, I do pray with my patients like I said and you know I don't go in with no hope I say you know what let's go in with an open mind let's be open to what treatment plans they have for us um, and um, and we'll move from there it's it's not a hopeless situation. We go in with a lot of hope, um, with a lot of encouragement, and knowing that I've had such amazing results and such amazing testimonies with my patients doing well, because we do catch things early, um, we've had great success rates. And so um, that's a God thing. So that's why prevention is so important and why it's so important for you to see your doctor yearly to have these exams done. That's really good to hear because, um, you know, when when you have a seemingly catastrophic message it's it's hard to first of all you're hearing it and you're not hearing anything else and you're trying to digest it and um you know while i've not had any diagnosis like that i remember one time having a mammogram and they called me the next day and it is frightening um and they uh -huh. said you need to come back in um your, it, it, your mammogram has a, a discrepancy from the previous year um, and so immediately when we think about that, you, you know, if you don't have a, a foundation or somewhere to turn like prayer, what do you do? And knowing that you pray with your patients, that, that's a good thing because hopefully that brings some sense of comfort for them. You mentioned MA. I want to make sure the listeners understand that's the medical assistant, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, that's my, that's my right hand. So. Yeah. Yes, we work as a team. So, um, yes, often I will refer to my medical assistant who has um, been with me for uh, going on five years. So okay. it's it's, um, it's a great experience. So when you think of, you know, obviously getting medical intervention is important. Um, doing your exams is important. Obviously having a strong faith foundation is extremely important, especially in the unknown. And so what are some other things do you recommend uh, relative to someone having that diagnosis. Okay, it looks like a lost you. I think we had a lost connection there. So I, I think we had a hiccup there because we froze, but hopefully our listeners will uh, stay with us and know that we reconnected. But we were talking about some of the other things that people can do. Prayer, obviously, and having a strong faith is, is a good thing because that gets you through when 
you know, it's a wee hours of the night and you really can't contact anyone to find out what were the test results in that. And let me mention, since I mentioned I did have a hiccup, what I did find was it ended up being an uh, assist instead of, you know, anything else. But you really want to know is what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what are some other things? Because I heard the one of the reasons I started exercising years ago was I heard it could ward off those types of concerns that we might have. Would you say that that's something that can facilitate or guide offer yeah. guidance? Yeah, absolutely. So again, I'm big on prevention. So um, I stress that you see me at least once a year if you don't have any underlying medical conditions and then with underlying medical conditions even more so. And some of the things I always ask is how is your sleep? Sleep is of the utmost importance. So um, I recommend at least seven to eight hours of sleep. And most of us don't get that, including myself. So with that being said, I'll say, hey, if you're at five hours, let's add 15 minutes on each side so that we can at least get to five and a half hours. And that doesn't seem overwhelming. And I'm not saying you're going to go from five hours to seven hours right away because that's not practical. So sleep is essential. Sleep is essential to fight off disease. Sleep is essential for your body to just do the things that they need to do efficiently and effectively. Mm -hmm. The second thing I mentioned is exercise. So you have to move your body. And even if you're chair bound, I'll talk to my patients about using soup cans, going, um, doing some arm movements on commercials of their favorite show, because I know they watch those every day. Um, and then pick a show that's a half an hour initially, then go up to an hour show. And on those shows, and I'll show them the moves to do for using soup cans and doing some shoulder presses and lateral raises and bicep curls. And again, no one has an excuse not to move. Mm -hmm. If you're able to move more, then of course I recommend doing at least 15 to 20 minutes, um, short increments of exercise um, every day of, of some type of movement. Of course, it's recommended nationally that we get 150 minutes of activity per week. Um, and you guys can break that down on how, however you'd like to um, do that. With regards to um, sleep activity and then eating whole foods. So I'm really big on clean eating um, and trying to get some of the processed things out of our lives. White sugar, flour, processed foods, that's going to increase inflammation in your body. Cancer is an inflammatory process, so it's going to feed on inflammation. Um, things like to grow in an inflammatory state. And so good and bad. So that's something that you want to watch. So eating clean is very important. Getting out of the things that are in a box and that are convenient, that are in fast food places, and eating um, more plant-based, more at home, whole grain, um, you know, really focusing on that. And I have to practice what I preach. And so um, my patients often will say, it's not hard to follow what you recommend because we see how hard you work at doing the right things too. And I think that's important. You're not going to listen to someone that's not living it and doing it. So as I talk to my patients and as I encourage them, I'm often encouraging myself because it is a daily, um, a daily battle. It's not something that you can take a day off or take a week off, you know, um, you need to be thinking about them being mindful of those things that are important every day. You know, with your conversation about all of the things we need to look at doing, it reminds me of the scripture that says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are his works and that our, that we know quite, our soul knows quite well. And I say that because a lot of times we try to separate who we are when it comes to mind, body and spirit. Would you say there's a connectivity there with everything that we do, especially since you are one who studied the physical man and 
you know, I will also add, I'm, I'm reminded that the word says our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. And so would you say that there is a mind, body and spirit connection in, in our health? Yes. Without a doubt, because if you're sleeping well, you're going to be less anxious. Your thoughts going to be clear. Um, if you have a routine for me, I have to, if, when I have one piece of the puzzle out of it, it, it kind of messes me up or I feel out of, out of sorts, as I call it. So making sure I wake up to devotion, making sure that that's a, a priority. When I get off balance and I'm not doing that, I, I feel out of sorts is what I tell people. And I think our bodies are, um, are definitely spiritually connected, spirit, no spirit. And so in that, I know I have to be full to be able to give in the capacity that God wants me to give. And if I'm not filling myself up with things that are good for me, i.e. sleep, healthy eating, exercise, I'm not going to be able to give those things that my patients deserve and need me to give. Um, and so that's, that's key. You have to fill up so that you can pour out. That's our, you know, that's what we're supposed to be doing um, as we live out the purposes that God has for us. Um, so we do have to take care of ourselves because our gifts are not for ourselves. We have to be giving of those gifts. So you can't give of yourself if you have nothing to fill up. Like a car can't run on empty, you can't run on empty. Right. So I'll often make that analogy. You've got to fill up. You know, I'm always inspired by <clears throat> someone that devotes their life to their craft to really understand and learn it. Is there a scripture that you stand on, any particular word that just brings you that um, fulfilling that you need? Especially when you're starting the day, you're gonna, you don't know what you're going to face. You don't know what the patient's issues are going to be. Is there, how does, does faith influence that? Is there a scripture or something you stand on? Yes. So I know the scripture, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 is my favorite scripture. It's on my car. People don't understand it because they just have the, the numbers. But um, that is definitely um, something that I stand on. I cannot gain wisdom and get through um, what he often has me do and know and uh, experience without knowing that he knows the past. Like I have to, I have to trust him in this. Like I'm not supposed to figure this out. Um, as I often tell my patients, I'm a puppet. He just pulls the strings and I'm ready to, to, uh, walk in what he has for me. The other scripture that helps me when I feel overwhelmed and when I'm doing charts or when I don't feel like my time's my own is, and I don't know the actual scripture. I know the, the words to whom much is given much is um, required. Mm -hmm. Um, I have stood on that because it's true. And when you're given this gift of, um, being a physician or being, you know, educated in a certain field or, um, or given all the blessings that I have, much is required. That means of my time and of my talent and of my, you know, you know, sometimes I'm like, I'm tired. I don't want to do this chart, but I don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. You know, this, this is part of the ball game. This is what, um, this is what I've been given. So that helps me get through, um, in my personal side of what I do. Mm -hmm. Tell me something. How did you develop such a strong faith? Um, you know, a lot of times people, when it comes to science, they don't intertwine. It's either the science or it's either faith, but somehow you've merged the two and yeah. in merging them, you've been empowered and have this quiet confidence that whatever it is, God's going to help you through it. How, where, where did that, that experience come from? How did you begin to believe in God? 
you know, I know it's definitely um, from my ancestors building me up and praying for me from before I probably was even formed um, and knowing that uh, they had huge expectations of me prior to me even knowing what my expectations of myself were. Um, my dad was in the church and I didn't particularly appreciate um, the Baptist church for what it was. I thought it was quite a quite negative experience. But in that negativity, I still knew that my dad believed in something that was bigger than himself. And he trusted and knew that he would, um, his kids would do better than he was doing and that he was um, fruitful. He gave, he gave of himself, his time, his talent, his, if it was financial, then my dad was just such a giver. And so seeing that as an example, it's not hard to see why I give of myself all the time. My mom was rooted in the church and um, with her, she's just such an amazing encourager. Uh, she never says you can't do. It's always, and it doesn't have to be allowed, but she does like to cheer loud, but it doesn't have to be allowed. <laughs> it's a matter of she's always has your back, always. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a positive or a negative, she always has your back. It's going to be okay. I'm going to be here for you. I, you know, so that encouragement, um, you know, I don't want to say make sure journey easier it just makes it a little bit more comforted because even in the midst of the negative or their detours she's there saying but baby it's gonna be okay it's mm -hmm. gonna be you know so that's been an amazing attribute as well um and then finding the right church family and community you know I didn't give my life to Christ until I was an adult and um and it has been such an amazing growth for me because again I knew God and I knew Christ as a young person, but as I was ready to accept and to give my life over for this, um, for selfish reasons, you know, it was a matter of this is the time, this is what I'm supposed to do. And having an amazing church family and church community that you can just always know and rely on and the testimonies and seeing God work in my own life and their lives and the lives of others and the foundation that you get as you, one of my teachers and um, my other pastors, my teachers, when you lie, when you lay a foundation like that and you have your sheep be led the way that my shepherds lead me, um, there's no doubt that we, we can't do life without, without Christ. I mean, we just can't. And I think that's what's so exciting about our flock is that, we live, we are the church. We live church every day. Mm -hmm. um, we don't just come on Sundays and do church. We love to get together on Sundays and do church, but we live church and, and you all are um, prime examples of that. So I think you have to find the right church community and um, find your people, find your tribe, as I say now. And, um, and I'm just blessed to have an amazing tribe. Um, that always is supportive, always is encouraging. And even when they're not encouraging and they're calling you out, it's all in love so that we can grow and be better disciples of Christ. That's what we're, that's what we're meant to do and be. Yeah. You, you brought up so many points. One, your giftings and we all have gifts and what you're saying is I, what I hear you saying when it comes to the church, we all bring those gifts that God has given us and we bring them together mm -hmm. and that's what unifies us and that's what unifies the body of Christ. And, you know, knowing that your faith journey was truly a journey and a process, but you found him and in finding mm -hmm. 
you now are able to give back through your practice of being a physician to your patients. And hopefully they sense and feel that love for them, but also something even deeper. Have you ever heard uh, people say to you that um, you have this light? Have you ever heard that from your patients? Like there's something in you that lights up the room or something like that? Yes, my patients often will give me that compliment or they'll say, I just needed to see you today. <laughs> so, but they don't understand that most times I need to see them just as much as they need to see me. Right, so right. Um, it truly is a gift. And, you know, in, in this, you know, I lost two of my patients yesterday, oh, same day, two patients. Sorry. And um, how, do you and how do you handle so that? How do you handle that? Because we come in such close contact and we become so familiar and comfortable with our patients. And the one patient's daughter called and said, I knew you needed to be on the top of the list to call because I knew what she meant to you and what you meant to her. So in that, you know, you know, you're doing what you're supposed to not always going to be roses. Um, but it's such a giving um, profession but such a rewarding profession. So I'm very grateful. I'm very humbled that God has chosen me to do this. Um, and I will continue to do it to my fullest um, capacity until he tells me not to any longer mm -hmm. or calls me home. We didn't talk about death, but you brought it up. How are you able to separate the loss of someone whom you've developed a connection or a love for and then still be able to continue to perform your work? That has to Interesting be you say that. So yesterday I did pretty good because both of these patients had been ill and it was not like expected yesterday, but I knew it would happen, right? But I'd say a month ago, I lost young people and I lost someone suddenly, like literally they called me from the gentleman's house. He hadn't been ill and I had to call the wife. I didn't perform that day. God performed me that day. I cried all day. I cried to new patients. I cried to old patients. I cried at lunch. I cried in the evening. Um, that was probably one of the worst days I've ever had practicing mm. medicine um, because I just didn't understand. I just was, I was as heartbroken and distraught as my patient's wife. I really was. Um, so I can't say there's magic. I just had to ask for a lot of prayer for myself. My whole entire office, I'm sure, was praying for me because I know I shocked all of them. I'm often the strong one. And I was a big crying mess. Um, I asked for grace from my patients, patients that knew me and patients that didn't. Um, and I think that lets them see that you're real and you're human mm -hmm. and you're authentic. Mm -hmm. um, one of my new patients, I said, I am so sorry. My eyes are puffy. But I have been crying all morning, and I'm just grateful that I did not cancel your appointment because I really wanted to go home <laughs> because this has been so hard. Mm -hmm. And she appreciated that, and she said, you being real was worth the wait of three months for me to come and see you mm -hmm. because, again, you're, you're, you're not fake. I'm not. It's who you get in the office. You get on the weekend. You get on a Sunday. You get So this stuff's hard, and mm -hmm. sometimes it's a lot easier to say, Oh, and you, you know, you pray for that, that person that you've lost and know that they're, you know, pray for their family to be strong. Oftentimes I'll go to viewings. Um, I will continue to see their family members. So, um, so they know and stay encouraged that I'm loving on them. And I,
seems like we froze a little bit again. Hopefully that'll we'll be able to hear hear you. Yeah. Yeah. We we broke up a little bit, but I think we got the essence of, of what you're saying. And I guess if I were to sum that that area up that in death you understand those that die in Christ, there is there is life. Yeah, there is life. You, you've shared yeah. a lot of uh, what I consider really good nuggets that I hope people listening will draw from and really be encouraged. I think it's important to have a physician that you trust. I think it's more, even more important to have a physician that's authentic, but like yourself. Um, you know, um, my physician, one of the things, and they just retired. And so I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? I'm trying to figure out. It's like, okay, I need to go see my friend, uh, but I live uh, a distance away. But the interesting thing she said was, um, and I sent her a note because you as physicians, you don't know what you bring to our lives when we're just trying to take care of these physical bodies. And for me, it was, I always looked forward to that physical to see where am I? Am I doing the right things? What do I need to do? But when I sent her a note, she sent me a note back and she says, I always remember how calm and your calming spirit, and I will miss that. Mm -hmm. And I just think that that's the spirit that we bring as people of faith wherever we go. And mm -hmm. I know your patients are, um, they, I'm sure they certainly beyond measure appreciate you in ways that can't be expressed. And I'm sure that in just the number of people that come to see you, that they have such confidence, not just in you, but in what you stand for, your faith and okay. all of that. And so I really want to be sensitive to, of your time. The last thing I'll ask with regards to, again, I'm going to go back to breast cancer because I know men and women deal with it. How would you encourage someone who's reluctant? They figure, you know, no news is good news. If I don't know it, then I don't have to worry about it. How would you encourage someone to really take a look at, you know, you may be minimizing your life or the years that you have and why not come and, you know, take care of yourself? Um, knowledge is power. Okay. And so you're going to be powerless without the knowledge. Mm -hmm. So you can hide behind not knowing, but knowledge is power. Right. And why not live this life to the fullest for the time that you have? Right. If they can catch it early and do something about it, let's do it. Right. Let's go. We'll do it as a team. You you encourage them. So, yeah, you know, um, yeah, we don't do a lot of denial. Mm -hmm. this. We, we pick ourselves up from the bootstraps and we say, nope, we can't put our heads in the sand. We got to do what we're supposed to do, right. no matter what the disease process is. Amen. Amen. Is there anything else you want to share before we end our time together? Um, I, I just think there have been some amazing nuggets that have come out of this conversation. No, I too, you know, have had abnormal um, mammograms in the past and it is scary, um, but scary for a moment because you know that you are in good hands. I often will call on my church community to start praying before this, the next test is even run, right. you know, um, but trust in that. Please do your prevention. It's important. Um, be the best that you can be, you know, um, it feels good to feel good. Sure so does. live, live life with feeling good. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel good to not take care of yourself. Right. So take care of yourself so that you can feel good. Right. Um, it's worth it. I, I am, you, you mentioned the scripture, Proverbs three, five, and six. And so I'm going to share that scripture with those that are listening before we end. And it is trust in the Lord with all your heart 
Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. And Bria, I can tell he has directed your path. He continues to direct your path. What if someone wants to get in touch with you? Are you accepting new patients? Um, I am. It's a little bit of a wait right now, but the office number is 937-865-0534. When you call, please tell them, refer to this podcast, or I will not remember what I said. So <laughs> refer to the podcast. They will take down your information. They'll get a hold of me, and we will give you a call back. Get on the schedule. Sounds great. And I tell you that there is no better combination than having your faith and your medicine all combined because that in itself is going to ensure that you're going to have the greatest success you can. So, Rhea, I want to thank you. I thank God for you. I thank God for your gifts and for your willingness to share information with me today and have this conversation. I pray that those of you that are listening, that you don't dismiss when you see things that just don't seem right or normal when it comes to your physical self. Um, I encourage you to contact your physician or if you don't have one, Dr. Rouser has left her information. And remember, you have to refer to this podcast or she won't remember. And so again, Bria, thank you for your time. And I pray God continue to bless you and your practice. And brothers and sisters, until next time, I want you to have a wonderful, wonderful week and to always look and see the sunrise, to see Christ in your everyday situations. God bless.